my wife and I decided to introduce her parents um, to the My Dress Up Darling anime. Oh, man. Hello and welcome back to Another Dead Pixel, uh, a podcast about video games, entertainment, and more or less the weird things in between. Uh, I'm your host today for episode 14, Joe, and with me, my colleague, co-host, uh, the man who now has his own brand new sex dungeon, uh, Nick. How's the new dungeon going, Nick? It's going great, Joe. Um, you know, when I when I moved in here, I really didn't expect there to be bolts already in the in the wall and the floors but you know the extra the extra security deposit uh that i slipped them um in an envelope really you know they made sure to get that done before i moved in so um it's it's going great for things like that i'm i'm really really happy how are you today Doing all right. So for those who you don't don't know what's going on, uh, currently the video quality is uh, a little lackluster, but that's because I'm talking to you from a hotel room in Florida, and so yeah, I'm just doing this while I'm on vacation. You uh, you are now a Florida man. Yeah, right. Uh, so you'll see me on the news, uh, a bunch of meth, and you know, <laughs> bath salts. <laughs> no. Yeah. So the um, actually, if you ever watch. Um, uh, was at the there's a TV show on uh, Netflix and that was um, oh it's the good place oh, yeah. and one of the guys one of the guys is from Jacksonville Florida yeah. and they constantly refer to it as like the worst place on earth uh, it's pretty funny that like they make fun of him for being from Florida but they also make fun of her from being from for being from Arizona and I don't I don't know what's I mean Florida I can kind of it's not a bad place to live to me, but I can kind of understand. It's like you're you're a crazy person because you're from Florida, but the Arizona thing I never quite got. But it was always funny. Yeah, well, we actually happened to be close, pretty close to Jacksonville at one point, and my wife points over. It's like, hey, we were only like an hour away from Jacksonville, and I'm just like Bortles, uh, which is a thing he says all the time, <laughs> oh, and yeah. he ends up, yeah, as he's throwing a Molotov cocktail, uh, he's just yeah. The quarterback. Yeah, that was the quarterback for Jacksonville at the time. Uh, yeah. He was not really good. He was okay, but he wasn't really good. He was kind of kind of shit. <laughs> so, yeah, it's uh, it's been a wild time here. Uh, just, you know, uh, f- flew in on, like, no sleep. You know, had to get the kids, had to get everything ready and, uh, like, left at, like, 4 a.m. to get to the airport. Had a taxi service pick us up. And then... Joe, I don't, I don't think you've slept a cumulative eight hours in your entire life. Like, <laughs> uh, not in the past decade, probably. <laughs> Gosh, dude. That is so um, horrible. So you're you're in you're in Florida right now. Uh, are you at Disney World? Is that what I'm? Um, I'm south of Orlando. Okay. Uh, it's a Kishimi or something. Uh, it, yeah, it's it's we're here for. It was where the um, long story short the. Uh, we had reserve reservations at a uh, hotel resort years like before COVID, and then COVID happened. Everything got bumped back. You know, all our plane tickets. They're like, "We're not going to give you our money back, but we'll hold on to your shit for you." And then they're like, "Okay." After a couple years, they're like, "Okay, now you got to use it or you lose it." And I'm like, "Okay." Well, we originally wanted to go. Our plan was to go to Australia, and oh, uh, wow. so we had invested a bit of money on 
tickets and like uh, hotel rooms because we wanted to go to the Great Barrier Reef. Um, and that was before we had children. COVID happened, two children happened, here we are. Uh, <laughs> uh, so we're like, well, if we got to use it, you know, then we went ahead and we invited my mother and father-in-law. And so they're helping uh, manage the kids or else it would not be possible. I would lose my mind. Uh, so I really do appreciate them. And they more or less get a, uh, they at least get a free stay with thanks to us. So yeah, like, uh, that's kind of what's happening there. Yeah, like having them is probably... I mean, that's, that's like a make or break on the trip. Cause, but it's also good cause you guys can all take a nice family trip together. Um, the kids won't really remember it, but, but you guys will, and, and maybe you'll get to do it again later on too. Yep. That's exactly it. And so it's like, Hey, guess what? Enjoy this because this ain't happening for at least another five years. <laughs> yeah. Five years. I mean, in five years, yeah, your kids will be, will be old enough to kind of remember it. But like, yeah, that's, that's really good. It sounds like a lot of fun. I've, I've always wanted to go to Florida. I've never been, never been further East oh. than, well, I went to New York state one time, but like, as far as like Southeast, I've not been further than like, uh, than like Nashville, I think. But, okay. Yeah. Nashville's nice. Um, uh, you know, I haven't been to Florida since 90, 96, um, 96 Olympics. So it'd been 96 to 99 when I was living in Georgia. I came down here and saw a shuttle launch, uh, shuttle launch at Cape Canaveral on my birthday. That's so really cool. <laughs> that was pretty dope. Uh, it really was. Uh, so yeah, that was, uh, but other than that, I hadn't been to, I actually hadn't been to Disney since like, uh, I was like five. And I remember, I don't remember much. I remember doing Bush Gardens. I remember seeing like Mickey and a few of the others, which I really didn't care about because I was never a Disney kid, but it was fun. Uh, and then I remember being super angry because I was too short to ride any of the cool rides. Mm -hmm. And so I just remember being a little snot about that. <laughs> yeah, that does suck. Like those, it sucks because like those parks are made for, you know, it's like a, it's a very narrow age where you're big enough to ride the ride and you're like really into riding rides. Cause I feel well, like I would have, I was young enough to the point where I wanted to go because the adults went chances are, if I got on the thing, I would have been terrified, <laughs> so, yeah. you know, uh, but that's, you know, that was also a long time ago. So since then I, I would, you know, like we're talking early nineties or something like that. And the Disney then or the Orlando then and the Orlando now it's probably like, only 30% of it was back then. And now they've added an extra like 70% because you have so much of universal, you have like Legoland and a bunch of other stuff. So it's crazy how much it's grown. I've heard from, I heard from a, on a podcast, somebody was talking about how they used to live uh, in Florida or in that area in Orlando or whatever. And they said like 30% of the people who lived around there worked for Disney. And I was like, wow, that's, that's a lot. <laughs> Yeah, but working for Disney, that could be from anything from working the hotels, yeah. resorts, uh, maintenance crew, landscaping, uh, tickets, you know, and, you know. Just yeah, like, I'm sure they're not all, like, doing, like, the, like wearing the costumes and, and doing animation or anything like that. They're doing all kinds of normal jobs, but just kind of, like, the sheer number of people who were working. Like, it's like if you went to a town and everybody worked for the same company, I guess it's kind of the same thing, but... I don't know, something something more ominous about it when it's Disney for some reason. 
Yeah, and they just keep on buying up more stuff. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's you know that's pretty much uh, we've we've gone had some good food here and there. Uh, we ended up. Uh, uh, I took my father-in-law to Daytona. Uh, we did the uh, racetrack uh, tour and got to walk on the racetrack for a bit and stuff like that. Uh, he's a he's a pretty big fan of NASCAR, and um, I I watch my fair share uh, of racing in general. So yeah, that was pretty fun. That was cool, and uh, we'll probably end up going to Cocoa Beach and visiting uh, at Cape Canaveral and stuff like that uh, this weekend. Uh, tomorrow's just going to be uh, uh, we're going to stick my in-laws with our kids and be like here have them for the day uh, my wife and i are going out and having some fun we're having a day to ourselves uh <laughs> yeah. but to pre to ease that blow i also uh, took my um uh my wife and my mother-in-law out for uh manicures and pedicures so you know my, my mother-in-law is pretty happy about that uh so it's been pretty good a little bit of give and take a little bit of give and take for some reason you reminded me I guess because of your trip to Orlando uh, or to to Florida, there's this episode of Blackish where the dad takes everybody to Disneyland, I think, because uh, they're in California, and uh, he gets some like he gets everybody like these uh, special passes. So they're so because they're skipping all the lines, you know, and they and they have like a guide who's like really nice, cool guy. Um, and they're doing all this stuff, you know, for the morning. And then at about noon, the guy goes, uh, he goes, okay, that's like the end of your past. So uh, I'm going to leave you guys now. And he like leaves. And then uh, the kid turns to his dad and says, are our passes over? And he's like, yeah, I could only get the half day pass. And the kid just like, like the, he's like, he's like 15 and he turns to the other kids and then he turns back to the dad and he goes, you mean we're in gin pop now? Hey. <laughs> it's just like, that's like, like prison, like, like gin pop. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Population. Yeah. Dude. And I was like, that's so, cause he was just so horrified and they're like, they like make the music or whatever bad. But <laughs> I just, I just, I just imagined that like you guys walking around in gin pop. Um, anyway, that was, not oh, there. I happen to find, uh, I usually go, when I'm on a trip, I usually hit up a liquor store or something like that just to buy some, you know, some of the local things and see what the see, see what's around. And I saw something that I kind of had to buy. Uh, let's see, get wipe off the condensation. I doubt it's going to uh, show up too well. But this is a okay. Mountain Dew. Uh, liquor, it's hard Mountain Dew. Oh wow! Like uh, they, I don't even think it has caffeine in it. But it has five percent alcohol. They have this one's black cherry. I, I, I got the variety pack. Had the regular Dew, had a Baja Blast, um, then had the black cherry and a watermelon. That was the last one. Uh, so I haven't tried the black cherry yet. So here it goes. Black cherry is usually pretty good. The watermelon was pretty dope. It was pretty. It was pretty sweet. They're allegedly zero sugar too. Allegedly, Joe's drinking. He's t testing his palate, swishing it around, taking another drink. Yeah, it ain't bad. Uh, I tried the regular do, and it's actually the weakest of the flavors. It's actually disappointing. Mm. Uh, and there's so your the there's your hard Mountain Dew review. 
Yeah, I know, right? It's not bad. I, I would say it's better than, I prefer it right now better than a uh, Mike's Hard. Uh, okay. But then again, I haven't drank Mike's Hard in a long time. I'll drink it once in a while because uh, my father-in-law will actually drink those or uh, another buddy of mine who just doesn't really like a lot of alcohol. He loves lemonade. And I'm like, dude, I can't do Mike's Hard anymore. Those When I was young, I had a lot of those and it gave me some massive gut rot. And now I just have like, you know, yeah. uh, reminiscence of that. I'm like, dude, I can't not drink that without thinking. Or just like, uh, you can't do Jaeger anymore. You know, there's there's a time in your life where you decide you think Jaeger is a good idea. And then you realize Jaeger was never a good idea. It's, and now your body hates you. Your body remembers. Your body <laughs> yeah. remembers what you did to it. Um, yeah, so uh, that's pretty cool, man. That's uh, I don't really try too many of those, but every time I get a chance, I, I will. Um, those are pretty interesting drinks. Um, yeah. So I guess like for me, like my, the, just to wrap up the, the Nick moving saga, uh, finally moved into my new apartment and it took like, like my dad was helping me last weekend and, uh, he helped me move the big stuff first and I had to move everything into a storage unit because my lease was up on the 18th and my, I couldn't move into the new place until the 19th. So I'd move everything into a storage unit. Um, so my dad helped me with that. And then uh, uh, last weekend, some of the bigger things. And then through the week, I just, I was just packing. Like I, like it always takes longer than you think. And it just, I was packing every single evening uh, for a couple hours. And I still like barely got it all uh, done by Friday, which is the last day. I mean, like we had plenty of time on Friday, but we had to use, we had to use like probably three or four hours, uh, on Friday to get the rest of it done. And then on Saturday, I immediately started moving into my new place and had to use my dad for that. Cause I had to, we like just prioritize like the, the biggest stuff. I finally got it all in and dude, I was just like, like Monday, like I, like I went to work and stuff. Um, but I moved on a little bit on Sunday too. And then on Monday, like I went to work and we ended up getting off early because there was some severe weather coming in. So they were like, you can go home and, and finish the day on the computer, you know? Um, so I got home and like immediately after like my work hours ended, I was like, I'm going to lay down. I just, and I slept for like three hours and then I got up and ate dinner for like an hour and a half stayed awake for like an hour and a half. And then I went back to sleep again. I was just so, so freaking tired. Yeah. But, but yeah, like, uh, so yeah, so that was, so that was, that's the end of that saga. Now I just have shit spread all over my new apartment and I just have to find a place for it. Cause of course I just came in and threw everything down. I mean, I tried to organize it as best I could as I was moving in, but there's only so much that you can do. There's just like, at some point it just, it creeps toward like you put it at the back corner, you know, and then load after load. And eventually it, you're just like, I, and it just gets closer and closer to the door. And finally it's blocking the door. And you're like, what happened to me? <laughs> what did I do? Um, oh. but 
Yeah. Anyway, that's did you did you end up doing the trick I told you about? In the, when comes everything comes to an emergency, and then you start throwing all your shit into a hefty bag, and I just know. like you just empty out your utensil drawer and all your skillets and shit. You throw all your clothes in a hefty bag, and you're just dumping hefty bags into your fucking truck. No, I never got that desperate. Um, I never got that desperate. But like. Like the computers I did save for very last, uh, cause, cause I just, so I just left them in the truck. I like I, I put them in the truck very cool, very gently packed them, packed stuff around them. So they were nice and, and held, held together. And then I, I had to stay the night at my dad's place. And then I was able to put them into the new place, uh, like with the first load. So, so I just fired up this computer, like, Last night, I think, I just to make sure that it it was it was still in working order, so I had enough time to fix it if it wasn't, and everything everything was great. But so that was so like I don't know. I hope I I, ho- I hope I can keep this place for two years. They've been raising the rent like insane amounts because it's Austin. They've been raising the rent like crazy, um, like every year. So they wouldn't give me anything more than a year, um, but. Anyway, like it is what it is. But in other news, uh, I had performance review at work, annual performance review at work. Um, like we've been having them, like like everybody has them in March, I guess. But uh, so after that, I got a raise, a pretty significant. I got a 5% raise. Well, actually more like 7% raise. So I was like, sweet. So... Uh, now, I mean, I could afford this place already, but now I can like really afford it, um, and do some other cool stuff too. But, yeah. Oh, that's nice to, that's nice to be able to, uh, generally speaking, if a company will match, you know, the cost of living increase, you know, that's always usually worth it. Um, and then if you are, if you're dipping into 401k, uh, a nice th- uh, tip is, you know, if you're if you can add an extra percent, if you can, you know, to to your four hundred one k every year, that it's like it doesn't do much, you know, at, at first, but it adds up over time, as well as things that, uh, you know, in the long term, it's like well, it's at least you know, it's a passive way to increase your four hundred one k, but no, it's unfortunately the the couple places I know they they only increase like only do about the you know one to two percent raise increase with a max of three i'm like dude cost of living you know goes up more than three percent on a yearly basis uh often and so it's not even enough to offset that stuff so yeah, yeah that's pretty good that's a pretty good increase for you yeah it is it is actually really great um i i like i've never been at a company that i don't know that was kind of this uh, like p- people were talking about it like hey like uh, nobody said anything outright, but it was just kind of like whenever people would talk about it, it was like like March is when raises happen, and they said it's not always definite, but it seems to happen a lot. So I was like, well, fingers crossed, sounds good. But anyway, so I'm just glad to have it because now I can uh, afford more 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 crap to put in my apartment. Uh, all right. Yeah. Well, uh, so I guess because of all the moving, uh, have you actually had time to watch anything? A little bit. I um, I have had a chance to watch a new show on Apple TV. I know last time I talked about Severance, or last time I talked about Servant on Apple TV, and this is a different show that just came out. It's first season. It's called Severance. 
Um, it's directed by Ben Stiller, uh, which I didn't know about until I saw the end of the first episode. Um, I, I was interested in this show already a little bit, but like I was talking to my mom and she was like, are you watching severance? And I was like, no, not yet. And she was like, you need to, you need to watch it. It's, it's good. And I was like, okay. So I've, I finally got around to watching it. This show is, I guess you'd call it science fiction. It is set in a, a, like a near future, I guess, like a, like a very near future. Like it feels like just like regular and modern or maybe like an alternate future um, or an alternate present rather, but it's about a, a company called Lumen and the people that work at this company. Uh, so mostly the company is normal, but there is what is called a, um, it's called the, the severed floor and it's an isolated floor of this very large building um, where everybody who works on this floor has to go undergo a procedure where they put a like a chip probe surgically implanted into the center of their brain. And what this chip does is when you enter the building on that floor, it it basically switches you over to a different personality or a different, like you're a separated person essentially. So, so when you're outside of the building or outside of the floor, then you're like your normal natural self with all your same memories and everything like that. But whenever you go onto this severed floor, you become like the comp, like the company version of you. So you can, you remember facts about everything, but you don't know anything about yourself other than like they tell you what your name is like um so it is uh so obviously like there's weird shit going on right like why like why does the company need to sever it keeps everything quiet then therefore there's no leaks that makes sense yeah and like they do a really good job of setting up the show like the show's rules like the first like two episodes, you know, they're weaving in story, but they're explaining the rules to you and showing you how like, cause like the first thing that you think is like, Hmm, I'm going to like, if, if this happened to me, this is how I would break, like break through and break out, you know? Um, so they start to show you like, okay, this person is having the same idea and they just kind of check box, like one thing after another and how the company is like thought of everything. And, how you couldn't actually escape. But the, but the point of the show is that, you know, they, they are going to, and just like how it's going to break down and stuff like that. But like, like it's a, it's a good idea. Um, but it's really well executed too. Like, like I didn't really think that there would be that much, that much to the show, but they weave in a lot of lore and a lot of really strange shit about the company. It's very like, like Willy Wonka, uh, esque. Like there's, like there's this, like there, like the, the department that they're in is very far away from any other department, and all the departments that are on that floor are really far away from each other, and it's 
through, like you have to go through very labyrinthian hallways to find the other departments. So, so you can, but they, it's clear that they don't want them interacting. It's anyway, but the show is like, it's, it's, it's serious for the most part, but it's also really funny in a subtle way. There's so many things. So is, that, that, like, is it like a dark humor or like, uh, I don't know, something along the lines. It, it seems like it, the vibe would be something along, um, control the video game control or something like a portal with that dry, a dryer. This is, you know, like the, this is the facility and these are its rules, but it's funny because it seems ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is. It is very much like that. It, it has this, this quirkiness to it. Like, but yeah, kind of like portal, like where you're, where you start out and they're telling you stuff and then they slowly introduce like, more things where you're like, something's wrong here. And then you kind of get into like some of the background stuff and you're like, okay. And then it all unravels as you go further. I mean, they kind of know that, you know, that there's something wrong here. So they start giving that pretty quickly. Like there's stuff that's you're. it's just obvious. Like this is, this is very odd, but um, yeah, man, like it's, it's a good show. It's well acted and at parts it's the humor is very dry, but um, it's almost like impossible or it's, it's hard to see it sometimes, but uh, some of the stuff like uh, I forget the main guy's name. Uh, the main guy, he was one of the demons in, uh, in that show. We were just talking about a minute. What? Oh no! Oh, demons! Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Are oh, you talking about Good Place? And yeah, okay. he's one of the demons in the Good Place. He's the guy that has that really punchable face. I forget his name. Um, and then it has uh, was John- he that was he the doctor? Um, is one of the Doctor Who's right? Maybe I don't think so though. <laughs> I think this guy's American. Okay. But it also has a uh, John Totoro in it, um, who is who is really great. Uh, He's his character is super weird and funny, um, and it's got some other people that you would know. And then it had like a pretty good cameo, not cameo, but a good surprise um, guest in the second episode. Uh, and I was like, holy crap, that's cool! Um, but uh, yeah, it's it, it's a good show, plenty of mystery, and it's just really it's really fun. I'm I'm really enjoying it. I'm I'm on I'm in the middle of uh, episode five right now. And I think there's only going to be about eight episodes, but it doesn't look like it's going to wrap up in, you know, in one season. It seems like it's going to be a multi-season thing, but I do kind of hope that they, that they get it, that they get it done in two or three. Cause I don't, I don't know. Like, I feel like, I feel like this is probably, it's a good idea. It's well executed, but it does have a limited shelf life, but it's really good. All right. Well, that's really cool. Um, I'm curious about that. And yeah, I know who you're talking about. The guy's face that is uh, Adam Scott, and oh yeah, he's I the main guy. His, yeah, he's the guy. He's the demon uh, who uh, he pre- he pretends to be a really good fan of Eleanor's in a good place. Um, but I, I could have sworn he was in uh, either in Doctor Who or he was in. Um, one of the other spinoffs, uh, like, a, like um, one of the Torchwood more, or something like that. One of the more recent Doctor Who's does look a lot like him. Um, okay, I do remember that guy. He was uh, the guy who played 
uh, Kilgrave in uh, Jessica Jones' first season. Um, okay. I think I think that's the guy who who was the Doctor Who. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I'm probably just getting it mixed up. Is all. So, uh, but yeah, uh, that's cool. I've on, on my end though because of all this travel for the last week and such. Uh, I've tried to watch that new Spider-Man. Uh, f- was that Far From Home? Uh, no, No Way Home. No Way, no way home. home, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've tried watching that like five times. Um, it's literally just okay. Let's let's get this thing started and like either. Uh, one of my kids wakes up and we're like, okay, let's pause this. And by the time we get to it, it's like, you still want to watch this? Ah, I don't really feel like it. Or, hey, let's all sit down and watch this. And like, ah, can we really commit to this? Like, so it's, it's we've, we want to watch it. We really do, but we just haven't gotten around to it. So it's been a really funny attempt. So I've, I've heard the intro a bunch. Um, I should just go five minute in increments throughout the entire movie. Dude, uh, I, I'd like, I'd say that movie, that movie is really good. Um, and I would recommend if you can't, I would recommend taking the, like putting it off until you have time to like actually watch it, like, uh, like give it a, a good watch because it, it is, it is worth, um, it, to me, it's like, a I don't know. Sometimes you like, you like watch a movie. If you're going to watch a movie on like a Tuesday night, it's like, this can be a whatever movie. This movie is like a Friday night movie, Saturday night movie, you know, your prime time. It de- deserves your undivided attention. I think so. Yeah, it's it's definitely one of the best, if not the best, Marvel movie. Um, it's it, it's it's way up there. I don't know if it's as good to me as as like uh, the like Infinity War stuff because uh, that was pretty special. But it's pretty close if it's if it's not. All right. Um, yeah. It's like I said, I've heard nothing but good things about it. So. Uh, but on the uh, on the flip side, I've been uh, since we've had a little bit of time. Uh, my wife and I decided to introduce her parents um, to the My Dress Up Darling anime. Oh man! <laughs> uh, because I like to watch them squirm. Uh, <laughs> uh, mind you, they are very patient with me, uh, and they understand my sense of humor. Uh, they. You know, uh, my wife is very much into anime as a kid, but she's uh, she so, comes from pastors, a uh, family. So my father-in-law is a pastor, and she had to hide her VHS like spe- uh, of Tenchi Muyo because like one of the VHS covers had them the the obligatory swimsuit episode, uh, and and so she had to hide that that VHS box because if they saw that, they'd be very upset. I haven't seen. <laughs> the the cover i will look it up later but i have but i've seen plenty of covers that are i'm sure i'm sure it's, I know it's exactly. nothing it's nothing terribly risque it's just that you know you're like well, what is my middle school you know kid getting into you yeah know? yeah there's just stuff that you you're just like it's probably it's fine but try explaining that to your parents good luck yeah yeah exactly so it was just you know but uh they're very open actually about a lot of stuff. They're willing to try and, you know, humor me about, you know, or, you know, so that's actually pretty good. So they'll watch it because, you know, they, the characters are interesting, but it's funny because we made it a handful of episodes in now and it's just watching, trying to, so the way, the way our living, the way our sitting room is, I'm like a forward. So they are behind on the sofa. While I'm just sitting on like a dining room chair closest to the TV. Uh-huh. So then 
I'm looking at I'm looking at them and I'm like <laughs> and then she's talking about you know sewing the boob bag you know she's like yeah this boob bag's great and I quickly look to see the reaction I look back and I look back <laughs> so that show that show lulls you in I mean you kind of know what it's going to be I guess a little bit but that first episode's pretty normal you know it's it's pretty normal and it's like okay she's hot and you know he's nervous around her and then they kind of they kind of hint toward the end of it it's like where this is going, but that second episode goes, it goes, it's like, okay, you're here for the second episode. So you know what you're into and it goes straight into, you know, like bikini. they end the first episode with her introducing what the character is from and saying the, whatever high school, blah, 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 humiliation club. <laughs> and then the, then like, he goes like, what? And then the credits end, you know, it's like, and then we, as I'm immediately rolling into episode two, my father-in-law's like, humiliation club? <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Uh, Here we go. So I had, so, you know, like I said, I gave him a quick, a brief rundown. I'm like, okay, so her character she likes is from a, from an erotic game and, you know, which is an 18 plus thing. Da, 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 da. Yep. Okay. Now that you know the facts, let's move on. <laughs> yeah. Like it's. Like that second episode goes into like, it's so awkward and it's, and, it, and I can't, I mean, it's so awkward watching it by myself, but it, I can't imagine I don't, what is wrong with you, man. I can't imagine <laughs> watching that with my in-laws on purpose. Like, and then when the grandpa comes in and opens the door watching him and he's like, he's watching or he's going through the cuts, uh, the scenes and he's like, what? It's like, I guess he's at the age, but he look, he's he's looking so intently. And why is he taking notes? <laughs> oh man. That like, it is a good show. I, I can't wait to watch more of it. I, I, I don't know. Like I, I, <laughs> I can't wait to watch more of it. I did switching, switching really quickly because you told me to watch this, uh, or you, maybe you just said you're watching it, but I tried, I, I went ahead and tried it out. I watched the first episode of Don't Toy With Me, Miss Nakatoro. I, I told you about that a while ago, yeah. Yeah, I that I mean that's not quite in the same it's definitely not in the same vein, but it's pretty close. It's actually pretty close. <laughs> the first couple episodes of that are are really they're kind of harsh because it's like really brutal on how it's like it's or like depending on what what uh, translation some people it's like in you know, the manga uh, or the fan the scanlations like don't bully me uh, but yeah it's like hard is like it feels like she's really hardcore bullying him you know yeah uh, but later on in the in the manga it's it uh, they're darn near like like just date already um, so it, it gets better yeah that that show that show is. Um... It's pretty good. I don't know if I can handle both, both uh, dress up darling and uh, and uh, Nagatoro uh, at the same time. But uh, yeah. Anyway, but uh, yeah. dress up darling is good. I I, I want to watch more of it, but I don't know. I'll probably try to make time to watch the rest of that this coming week. I mean, I'm like I'm just watching it. Um, you know, I end up watching it dubbed uh, mostly because I I have it on the background while I eat or something like that, so I don't have to. You know, if I'm watching it um, subbed and I'm trying to do the Japanese, then I have to really focus and get my undivided attention. And then that's just like, nah, dude, it's just uh, the the translation or the the dubbing for it is uh, is pretty solid, I think. And 
yeah, it's just, it's, it's super funny. Uh, the latest episode that I just watched episode eight, um, you know, the first half continues like the previous storyline from the, the episode before, and that's fine. But then the second half kind of feels like a new director went into it. Mm. And I, I really, yeah, it's like the art style seems a little different and it's just something about the way it's shot, which I found stunning. I don't know. Maybe it's just, so it's good. You know, it was pro- yeah, it was good. It was like, it was, it felt like a lack of sleep. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe I'm reading, maybe I'm just gushing over it too much. But I found that second half of the episode, I don't want to skip too much, to be really something special, I think. Um, but uh, like I said, I, since you're not that far into the series, I'm not going to, of course, spoil too much. Uh, but I really would like you to get to the end of episode eight. And like, because at least my wife hasn't even had a chance to watch it. Usually we watch it together. But because we've been so exhausted with these, um, with our days, it's literally... I just had my phone above me watching it like as I'm before I go to bed, she's just passed out and my, you know, my like, so that's, that's, you know, but I'm like, this is really good. I really thought it was well done. Uh, but yeah, I haven't like, that was like the only real anime I've watched this last week. I've just not had enough time to do anything. So, you know, it's, which is the point of a vacation, right? To, to be able to go out and, you know, I'm spending the time with the family where it counts, but, uh, yeah. It really does limit a lot of my scope of things I've been able to do this week. Right. So uh, kind of jumping off on that, like, I don't know how long this is happened when this was announced or if it's actually happened yet, but Crunchyroll and Funimation are going to be, um, or Funimation is moving all of their stuff over to Crunchyroll. I guess it already Crunchyroll, happened. Crunchyroll run the, won the buyout. Um, that happened. I forgot to mention that happened uh, before last podcast. Uh, so it happened about three weeks ago that they officially announced. Um, so that went public, okay. which was surprising. Um, you know, Sony owns, I think Sony owns it all anyways, or like Sony owned Funimation. So I'm curious how that all rights and shit go. Yeah, it's kind of weird. But because um, I was looking into a few weeks ago, I found that you could buy, and this is totally moot point now, but you could buy a subscription that would get you both Crunchyroll and Funimation. I was like, oh, I'll just do that because it was like a little bit more, like three dollars more, or something like that. So I was like, oh, I'll do that. But then, but then they merged anyway. So I was like, okay. So, so now that they merged uh, and you got and you've got it all on there, um, I was thinking about restarting my subscription to Crunchyroll as it is. Um, but now that it is all on there, uh, I definitely am going to do that. And then, um, and I think, do you know if, do you know if you can have if you can have different uh, profiles on there, I don't know. I've actually never had a subscription uh, service to one of them, uh, like and, and the only ex- the only experience uh, I've had uh, is one of my buddies uh, tried watching uh, my dress up darling from the Funimation app. They can you can watch episode one for free, and he's like. I watched it, but my God, there was a lot of uh, like uh, commercials. And he goes, it was kind of worse than like American Idol. Uh, so you come back and there'd be a commercial, and then just a couple seconds later, there'd be another commercial. Uh, so it was really, really mind numbing for him. So he's like, I, he goes, and then I just told him, I'm like, well, you know, there's other ways to watch it, you know. Yeah, I, I tried to watch a little bit, just to kind of see what it was like. I tried to watch a little bit of anime uh, without like paying for it and seeing the commercials and. You know, they pop in the commercials a lot. And then worse than that is it's like the same two commercials. So 
it's really grating on you. It's just like, ah, this is, I don't know. It just makes it even worse somehow. But, but uh, yeah, I'll probably be paying for that. And then I'll, if we do have different profiles or regardless, I'll throw you my, my uh, account and then um, you can enjoy that if, if you want. That'd be sweet. Um, so, all right. Outside the TV spectrum, um, you know, have you got a chance to actually play anything this last, you know, between your moves? Yeah, I have barely been able to play anything. I should have tried to make a priority of it, but I was just like, I, I'm going to have a chunk of time. I'm going to have a chunk of time like this weekend, this weekend. And it did not materialize. Um, but I did manage to play a little bit of a game that you suggested I play, uh, old game called Thomas was alone. Um, so yeah, I, I've only gotten a chance to play barely probably 45 minutes or an hour of this game. It's not a long game. I looked up how long to beat. Um, and it's like three and a half hours. So it'll probably take me about that long. I imagine. But, uh, I, so I'm probably like a third of the way in maybe. And, uh, I'm on, on, I'm on level 3.9. Um, so this game is, um, kind of an oldie, but a goodie. Uh, it is fully narrated, which I feel like it was one of the, it was one of the first games I saw that was, that was narrated to this degree. Um, basically it's, it's a puzzle game with blocks, uh, of different colors that can do that have, that have different abilities and you try to get them all to the end point. So from the beginning to the end, and it starts out with a very simple puzzle and it teaches you how to play like as you play. Um, and right now I have, I have four different blocks, uh, like a long, tall one, uh, that's yellow, a shorter red one. That's the same kind of shape, but just shorter. And then a, a square, that's orange and very small and then a big, uh, a big block anyway. So, uh, it's just now getting to the part where it's like difficult, starting to get more difficult. Like I can still get it like after like, like one or two tries. Um, but it's, it's, uh, I can tell it's probably going to get quite a bit more complicated as it goes on. Yeah. So this game was done by, um, Mike Bithel, um, and, uh, the uh, did games like um, uh, was it Subsurface Circular, um, and um, there was a sequel to that, um, Quarantine Circular, I think something like that. Um, Volume was one of them. It was the one directly after that. But Thomas was alone. Was the first game he, uh, he did uh, has credit for for 2012. Yeah. Um, and then like I think was attributed to that John Wick game, the John Wick Hex. And which was kind of, I guess it got middling reviews, but uh, then also Solitaire Conspiracy, uh, which apparently a lot of pe- I heard people liking. So, uh, but Thomas was alone um, because it has, in my brain, it occupies a certain space where around this time, games were trying to present, it was the first major push to games to art argument, yeah. like you could really have, uh, because uh, you, yes, it's a simple or it's a light puzzle game, but because of the narration and the way it's done, uh, it's providing you with more. It's it's there's a there's a there's an oddness to it because he's literally this narrator is kind of narrating what's going on 
is speaking for the main character, but also kind of just explaining what's going on with the world to a certain extent. Uh, the uh, uh, Danny Wallace uh, actually won a BAFTA award for this one. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so that's kind of impressive, you know, because especially around that time, you know, video games not really winning a whole lot of awards uh, for things like this. Uh, games, uh, this, um, there was um, stuff like Unfinished Swan. Yeah, um, I played that a little bit. You know, yeah, so like there was those kind of games coming out on the PlayStation. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think it's kind of because like what 2012. So you're still talking about you're talking about kind of toward the end of the PlayStation 3's life cycle. Um, so they're kind of getting a handle on what's going on with the console, and uh, some of those early PlayStation 3 games are still pretty muddy uh, and kind of gross looking. But by the end of that of of that life cycle they'd gotten a handle on the colors and kind of simplifying gameplay and yeah they could make it look uh more more cinematic if you will uh and lend it lend games to like hey this is this is not like some you know dumb like kill everybody uh, as quickly as you possibly can but you can actually tell a little bit of a story here with uh with the art of it and I think it's when certain games, certain things had uh, hit their stride because at this point, uh, the quote unquote walking simulator had already been out for a while yeah. and people have started, have already kind of gotten used to that. Uh, so uh, they were more familiar. People were understanding of the, ex- you're buying an experience less than an actual video game. Uh, for example, though, I had a friend who their concept of a video game, they were very, archaic in their sense like a video game has to be a video game so if it's not like an old arcade kind of shooter if it's not complete button versus action uh he did not give a damn about anything story related uh it had to provide you with that direct entertainment um and i quote space harrier is the ultimate video game (laughs) okay like i'm not familiar with space harrier uh, it's a third person. You're flying. It's a Sega game, and you're flying. It was uh, early arcade stuff, so it, it provided that illusion of 3D. Have you ever played the old video game Outrun, where you're the car? But Space Harrier, you're a flying dude going forward. You have to dodge left and right these orbs and enemies shooting at you, and you oh. just have a jetpack and you're shooting forward. That is a um, that is a video game ass video game. Yeah. So, like the the idea of playing this game angered him (laughs) yeah he thought it was the worst game ever and i was like holy shit okay uh but this also around the same time or at least when i experienced it i I played it around the same time as journey uh which journey not that uh, just a little while ago had launched their um 10-year anniversary and uh, they brought it to they brought it to some new uh consoles the new you know uh you can get it at more places i think you can get it on steam now uh and my father-in-law having visited us in Korea at the time, or both my, my in-laws, I actually sat him down and I let him play. Thomas was alone. And I also sat him down and played journey and journey was an amazing, uh, amazing game for myself. Uh, because for anyone who doesn't know journey, it's, it's a single player experience kind of. Um, and the more, the more you don't know about it, it's actually the better. Uh, but it's a very, uh, 
I don't know, spiritual experience to a certain extent. Depend, you get you get what you want in it, essentially. So, so the, you sat me down many years ago and had me play Journey as well, and um, I thought it was I thought it was good, but like I think that I'd heard so much about it by the time that I had played it. Not really like what happens in it, but just so much of it being a like a big spiritual experience or or kind of it was kind of raised to a high level in my mind so I was like okay so like what is like 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 what is this and so when I played it um there wasn't as many people online playing it and I didn't have like the same I don't know. I, I probably should have played. It's it. actually, I think actually that's better. So how it works for is you meet other characters and they are playing online, but you don't actually directly help each other. You can kind of be like, Hey, I'm here. Um, I didn't know that going in at all. And so for example, I didn't know if this was an NPC. I didn't know if this was another player character. All you do is do a little blip above you and they do a blip above them. And that was it. And we, I kind of explored the stages, moved on. And it wasn't until like a late, it just happened to work out for me that certain spots, um, when the music heightens and it gets a little more traumatic and things, you know, you, you start speeding up and you're like, oh, this is getting more serious. Then all of a sudden I see other player characters or other these you know, NPCs. I see them around as they're getting attacked or something like that. I'm like, is this a scripted event? I don't know. Um, I'm trying to stick around, but I'm like, uh, no, I got a book. I got to go. And so like, uh, and then it was towards the very, towards the very end, which no spoilers, but I just happened to be with another person and we're going through this bit and it's getting more difficult and sluggish and slow and it's less like we're just going together we're struggling together and then it we get to that next scene and it's just like holy shit okay that just happened you know and it was just like but i didn't know that that was actually another person until afterwards but it was just like like we're kind of like, come on, you can do this. You know, like we were like blipping our, like above us and like encouraging each other. Um, while on the other hand, um, my wife, when she played, she had someone kind of hover around her, guiding her the entire way, which kind of was a completely different experience for her. So she didn't get that. She didn't quite, she almost felt like she wanted that person to go away. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, you know, cause they were trying like, Oh, let me help you. And then it's just like, um, you know, and you know, she's just like it was kind of like you're you're annoying me. Go away. <laughs> you're robbing me of my. You know, like, I'm enjoying this. I want to do my own thing. Um, and my like, but the the way the story plays out, like you end up seeing th- things on a wall. And I read it. I interpreted it as uh, the past, while my father in law interpreted it as a prophecy. And I'm like, huh, okay. Then knowing how I've already beaten the game myself, I'm like that is interesting that you see it that way. Um, you know, but yeah, he, he really enjoyed that game and he actually would like, he wants to play that game, game again, because he's just like, but it was something short enough and simple enough. Um, but yeah, it's one, once again, it occupies that same space as art, as entertainment and you, everyone's going to get something taken away different. You know, um, I said the best Reddit meme was eventually if you play that game enough times, you get a red robe and then you get it promoted to a white 
And right. so someone showed us a, it was a little comic panel where when you're surfing on the sand, they're like, wow, this is really beautiful. Yeah. And then also you see this other dude with a white robe and goes, and he goes, wait, how the fuck do I get that? And that's all they think about is how do I get that white robe? And it completely ruins their experience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like there was a guy with a white robe floating around like uh, whenever I played it. I don't know. Like I, I, I kind of wish I had been able to just play it without having heard anything about it. Um, and I don't know. It was, I was like, that people, is the best way for sure. People talk the about it unknown. like it's, you know, like I've I, like, it's, you know, it was an amazing experience for them the first time they played it. And a lot of people gave it game of the year. Um, you know, at the, at the time it's kind of, kind of a stunt to me, but you know, I also, I'll, they also seem sincere about it. Um, I don't know I, if, if it's on steam, depending on how much it costs, I, I probably need to play. I probably, I'm going to buy it again, buy it and, and play it again because I feel like I need to give it a, another chance. Um, and see, I don't know, try to put myself in that headspace, especially while it's fairly new, new again. I mean, I can, there'll be a lot of people playing. Yeah, um, but most definitely anyone who hasn't ever played Journey, uh, don't read, you know, don't try to find out more information about it. Just, I recommend if it's on sale, for sure, if it's on sale, pick it up. I mean, those games go out like, um, I think that same studio ended up doing stuff like Flower and... Oh yeah, flow. I think there was like they, were, they used to come in a pack for the PS3. Um, but yeah, then there was uh, Thomas was alone. Was just it's a like it's a short experience, but it's a it's a wonderful experience. I think so. Can't recommend that one enough. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty much what I've been playing. Was uh, was Thomas was alone? But have you had a chance to play anything else? Uh, yeah, so I finally got past the demo of Triangle Strategy. <laughs> uh, That's a long demo. I, it's, a, it's a good long demo. I'll, I'll, I'll give them that. They do they do give a lot to you. Um, so when you mentioned when you talked about the um, the demo, there was we got some comments uh, ex- just explaining how one of the, someone commented uh, how if you press X uh, and it'll actually pull up a little information panel about the, the character who's speaking mm-hmm. and. That was clutch. <laughs> that was a really good thing because, like, you had like uh, I did. I did that for everyone, and it really helped me follow along a little bit better. Uh, I I'm finding the story interesting, uh, but also like it is. It's it is long. There's a lot of story there. I'm like, I don't know if I can get. Uh, it. I don't know if I'm going to be able to really commit to this long game because the story is quite quite good. I at least so far. I'm like, I'm interested. I'm like, you know what? I really would love to be able to put the amount of hours into this. Um, the game, the combat has been fun. And you kind of have me sold. I just barely, like, in the last two weeks, I've only been able to go through the demo. I actually have the game, you know, on my, the full game of Unlocked on my Switch. I just don't have, I haven't had the time. But granted, I'm on vacation, so I haven't had time for much of anything. But I'm like, you know how how difficult it's going to be me to to try to keep up with anything else and still try to play this. Um, yeah, I've heard. I was listening to another podcast talk, and the dude's like, "Yeah, I'm literally." Ha-, he goes, "They have it set on auto, so all the t- the text just auto di- goes through, and it goes." My screen blacked out. <laughs> That's how long it took. <laughs> you know, their screen oh, wow. is shut off because he wasn't the, pressing just buttons. The du- yeah. So okay, so a couple things. So yeah, the X. 
hitting X to bring up the character's bio is is awesome. Um, and I think that they should that they should have that uh, there. But that's also the only time that you can see the character art. And the character art, I forget, I forget the guy who does this, but he did Octopath Traveler. Um, I think he did, he does Bravely Default um, and and uh, Near as well. Um, he's a fantastic artist, probably probably the best, like the like the best like video game art artist that I can think of that's currently working. Um, and uh, you don't get to see the art unless you hit X, and like. And I, like, I kind of, I kind of think that they should have thrown um, the dialogue. Well, their portrait up while the dialogue happens. So when one person speaks on one side of the screen, you see their face yep. and their text. And then when they stop talking, the dude next to them, they pop up, and then it has their text. Uh, because that I thought that the entire way through, I'm like, I, I know other lots of other RPGs do that. Uh, I want to say Final Fantasy Tactics did that too. It's been so long since I played, I can't yeah, guarantee I that did. one. But I like, I just know that a lot of my old school RPGs would show a character portrait, and then it'd just be popping up with one person and their dialogue, and then the next person's face and what they're saying, and like, and that's that's what they should have done. You know, if you're really good, you might have a, one or two facial expressions. Yeah. Like in that character portrait where they're like, when they're surprised or something like that. Yeah, that's that'd be nice. But at the very minimum, just have their face because then it really gives it that, that little I mean, bit just gives it so much more. It, yeah. It, like that would have been really great. Um, I, I think that I mean, I'm sure the artist is I, I'm sure this guy. Gosh, I can't, I can't think of his name, um, but I'm sure he's very expensive. But at the same time, like they're your characters, you can get some peons in there to, to copy his style and draw, you know, like the, the other, like the other expressions and you don't have to do a different expression for every single character in the game. Uh, but for the main characters, like the ones in your party, I think having separate expressions would have been really good. I feel like it's nitpicking, but like when you're like, when you're reading this much text and when you're, you know, uh, when the story is kind of this, this kind of slow grinded out pace, every little bit really, really helps. They, they should have, to me, they should have thought about this like as like a half visual novel, you know, um, that they should have kind of approached it that way. I think that, uh, like the battle system and everything is really great, but, but yeah, like they should have, uh, tried to get that in there. I mean, I, I haven't gotten a chance to play like any more, since uh since um the last podcast I, I played like a little bit of a of like a training thing um but nothing meaningful um but I, i'm gonna keep playing it and i'll probably report i think that's gonna be like one of the next things i play i'll, I'll report back in a couple of weeks on uh on how it's going but yeah it's it's a good game like it really started to hook me toward the end of the of the demo like once they kind of show you a little more of the story and they show you a little bit of um, kind of outside of the battle system, sort of how choices are made and how like the story, how like they, they gamify the story with like choices and stuff. Um, Then I was like, okay, this is going to be, this is going to make paying attention to the story a lot more important and meaningful 
with uh, the with the different uh, uh, choices that you have to make. So anyway, I'm, I'm looking forward to playing it more. Yeah, I decided to look up a little more information about the choices uh, in the game. I didn't want to, I wasn't going to necessarily spoil it for me, but I wanted to know how impactful the choices were actually, uh, because okay. the fact, dude, if I have, like, I only have so much time, and then I'm reading all this stuff like, yeah, most people, in order to get, like, the full breath, you should play twice. And I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> like, I don't, I, I can't do that. Um, because if you play it once, all the way through, you unlock the ability to see your numbers, for your three stats, oh, okay. uh, for your um, for your dar- for the you know the choices you make, and then depending on those numbers, uh, how how you get those numbers, those will um, you actually unlock the ability to you know a make certain dialogue choices later, or b you could actually unlock uh, new characters depending you know. So if you you might not be able to get a character in your party if you don't have enough uh, of one of the three numbers, uh, so. Is one of those that you don't get the ability to look at that until you beat the game. And I'm like, oh shit, dude. <laughs> well, I mean, I, yeah, like, like uh, for things like that, I kind of just assume that everything is sort of like the like the old Mass Effect games, where you know they give you choices and they kind of matter, but there's only a few choices that really matter because because they kind of, I mean, the game has to go in a certain direction. They they they've got to they've got to, like they can give you choices but they've got to circle back to sort of what they were going for like like as it is because otherwise you have to make three totally different games you know if you're gonna have three choices or three branches that you could really you know go through yeah um, so yeah that was you know that uh, I I want to play I want to actually I want to get more into it. Uh, Me too, dude. I'll probably end up putting in at least uh, my goal, I should say, is to put at least another ten to fifteen hours in. Uh, mostly because I really wanted to, I wanted to hook me completely, so I just dedicate all my time into it. But if I can't, if it won't pull me away from everything else, and if I can't uh, be hooked to that extreme, then I'm just going to have to let it go, and then you know maybe play here and there. Uh, but I do actually like the fact that it doesn't have you don't switch jobs like Final Fantasy um, tactics. Uh, my my uh, my good buddy, he will he'll be upset with me that I said that because he he mastered tact- Final Fantasy tactics to a sick level. He knows how to you know min max that game and knows how to just you keep one keep one little son of a bitch alive and you just beat on that dude forever and power level your guys and you know so I'm like no dude I just like a more streamlined tactics game and yes this one lets you grind a little bit to when you need to but honestly i think it's i think it's well done um i a lot of people i never got to play octopath traveler and so there's a lot of people there's a lot of talk on the internet about how oh i've kind of done with this art style I'm like dude i still like this art style i think this art style looks good it actually it reminds me in my brain it it's like how i remember tactics was originally like you're talking about like the tilt shift art style of the actual gameplay yeah the tilt shift you know or you know and how everyone's looks a little chibi you know they're 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 cutesy versions of themselves i'm like yeah but that's that's how my brain remembers tactics to begin with like final fantasy tactics that is and so i mean could it be different yes but is it bad no um i mean Uh, i mean like I i think that that the tilt shift art style um 
harkens back to yeah like those old final fantasy and uh dragon warrior dragon quest or whatever games where you're kind of you are kind of that little squat character walking around but it 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 harkens back to it but it kind of modernizes it and sort of i don't know makes it how you how you like the it kind of creates recreates the magic of seeing that stuff for the first time like when it was new um, so, yeah. so like I haven't gotten tired of it yet. Uh, in a couple more games, I think I will get kind of tired of it, but hopefully by then they'll maybe advance it or switch on to something else. You could still do the same style, but actually change up the actual, you know, character models. Sure. And I think they'd still work perfectly fine. Um, but I mean, you're, you're working with a limited scope and there's not really much else you can do, but when you're looking at it, you know, I also come from a background of playing a lot of Super Nintendo RPGs. And a lot of that stuff, the world map looks so similar. So it's just, you know, uh, it, you know it's fine. Uh, but as far as this goes, I think it looks lovely. And uh, I, the game's a lot of fun. I, I can see why everyone's hooked on it. Yeah, I mean, uh, how do you like the battle system? Uh, I think the battle system is, you know, what's the, I... It feels just feels just like any other tactics game, really. So I didn't really find it to be, um, you know, I I prefer having the critical hit chance, which a lot of them have included. So that's like nothing new. Um, you know, to be able to see the enemy grid, you know, like all that's pretty fair. So it's just they're they're not reinventing the wheel or anything like that. Um, it's mostly, in my opinion, when you play a tactics game. I feel like you have to have a good story because if you don't have a good story, it's then why the hell are you playing it? I mean. Yeah, I mean that was that was kind of my main thing. Like if I was gonna if I was gonna fix this game, so slight spoilers for the for for, for the beginning of uh, of this. Um, so the, this game at the beginning, they are talking all about the Salt Iron War, right? So like yeah. so like as they as they talk about this, they're like, okay, Salt Iron War, this and this and this happened and stuff like that. And after I got through quite a bit of it, I was like, you know, what would have been a perfect beginning to this game. If they taught you how to play the like they taught you the battle system by doing it through a prequel or like a like a uh, like a pro, a prologue where yeah. you are fighting at the very end of the salt iron war so like uh, I forget the, the 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 dad's name or the uncle's name or whatever um, but like he the guy that uh, that uh, did so much in the salt iron war you fight with as him and like three other throwaway characters and they just like do that. And that would be like a really good way to go. Okay. This is what happened then. This is why it was important. Here's some cool shit you get to do. And now fast forward to the future uh, or the present where, you know, your main character is and what they're doing. And then you could slow it down and say, okay, this is this. And you wouldn't have to explain so much of like, this is what happened to the salt armor. Cause you already, you already saw it, you know, you like you were like, you were quote, there yeah anyway that's how uh, they've, they've done that stuff with other rpgs where you get to do the you play the historic battle and then they fast forward it to now you're in a classroom so literally they were learning about it you know kind of deal um yeah uh, or a lot of times they'll do um in order to just to have more action oriented they'll have it uh, a future battle so the, the you know then you know it's like here's some stuff ends on kind of a weird note and then it flashes, you know, and pre like, you know, a year ago or, you know, and, and then you, that's when you start the game. So the, the part that you played was this weird moment of the future. And now you're, you're going to be catching up to that scene. Um, you know, it's, 
Yeah, it's a little slow on the bit. Um, I mean, I thought it was, you know, I, I instantly yelled at the screen, like, why, why are you leaving? Like, the ship went all the way there. Why are you just leaving these people there? You're like, yeah, okay, guys, thanks for giving us. We're like, we're not even restocking our ship. We're just going to set sail. And, you know, and then they're also in ambush. I'm like, that's kind of silly. Um, but, yeah. no, actually, the characters are pretty likable so far. Um, they, and- they're good. Like, like, that is where I am kind of having to eat my words a little bit now that I'm getting to the point where, I don't know, it's this slow, gradual realization that, dang, these characters are really good and they feel more real because the story is naturally slow or it has a naturalness to its its slow pace. But yeah. it's a steady buildup. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't feel really forced or ham fisted in a lot of ways because, you know, for the sake of speed, like we need to, we need to make more, this more dra- dramatic. So we're just going to do some arbitrary BS. Uh, no, it's, uh, did you end up, uh, your first major just destination choice? Did you, uh, where did you choose to go? Did you go to the desert or did you go to the uh, mountains? I went to the desert. Okay. Me too. Okay. Yeah, I think like that just seemed more interesting, and it was it was easier to convince them to to go. I mean, you with that one, they get they they really give you the option. Like there's a, a certain trick to it where if you're paying attention, you go okay. So all I have to do is do this one thing, um, and you can go wherever you want. Uh, but but like every time you do something. You win a battle, you make a decision. It strengthens your your it strengthens Sarah Noah's uh, convictions, and um, so I think that as you go on, there's going to be things that are going to be closed off to you because of the choices that you made uh, prior. I hope anyway. Yeah. Uh, so all right. Well, that's you know uh, that's about as all I've all I've actually got a chance to play. So hopefully I'll get more to that later on uh, when I get back from vacation, but. Uh, we'll see because like I said I, the moment I was on the airplane. Luckily, my kids handled it fine. Uh, like I was, I was afraid of the ears popping and stuff. No, handled just fine. But that was a crammed ass airplane. So you you ever fly Southwest? Um, it it is a free for all. They literally board you by your section, and then they're like, "Yeah, pick any seat you want." You know, Good just luck. just have at it. And yeah. no, they literally, I'm like, "Oh, you got to be kidding me!" And so it was, an, and then they're like. I bought my tickets online. They knew that where I was having two, my wife and I were going to have two kids, one on each lap, you know, and they're like, okay. Um, not, no one bothered to tell us until we were on the plane sitting next to each other. Oh, you guys can't sit next to each other because there's only four air masks that drop down in one row. So you actually can't sit next to you. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> um, and since, since our in-laws were with us there, but we're the parents, so they couldn't come with us, even though we bought our tickets together. So they had to wait in the line, the long queue line. And so we had to hope that they would make it to us. And it was just a fucking shit show. Wow. Uh, so I'm like, in the future, I'll just go with a different airline and buy my actual seat so I can know we know where we're going to sit, you know, proper. Um, but yeah, it's just, I don't know who. Who thought that's a good idea? <laughs> I think you can. You may just have to pay more. I, they nickel and dime you everything on everything. Oh no, no, no! It is literally you board, sit wherever you can. Wow. You are free to sit. 
And it's just like, I mean, you pay for boarding sooner. If you want to be a group, you have to pay. That's where you pay. Uh, you know? okay. So if you want, if you want the exit row and you're, you're, you're of age, you can then just beeline it to the exit row and get that extra leg room. Um, People usually say they love Southwest. That's so like everyone's favorite airline. Um, uh, Southwest, the people were the uh, the staff was good. Um, the fact that they let you do two check in luggage, uh, you know, as well as your carry on for free, that was all awesome. Uh, just just the econ, but just for us in our specific case of we couldn't like uh, the people at the gate. Uh, desk said we could all board together so then when we waited in line with the family login by the time we made it the people right at the door said oh your in your in-laws can't sit with you uh or can't can't board with you they have to go to the back of the other line and it's just like so one person like one half of the team didn't know what the other half of the team and so like they were on the same page uh and because like i said we we talked about this I had to call the airlines multiple times uh, before booking our flights and while booking them, and no one let us know the proper procedure. Uh, this is our first time flying with them. And like, no, but the, the staff was all nice. Just not everyone had the same information. Um, and all the extra stuff you get for free was, was decent. Uh, because for, you know, you're not paying like, unlike spirit air or something like that, where you have to pay to have, you know, your carry on or some shit. So yeah. Yeah. It was just one of those things that, like, no, nah, dude. If I if I had my choice, I would have my wife be pay the extra money so she can sit next to her mother. So therefore, two people can sit next, and I'd have my father in law next to me. So at least we have two two adults to a kid. Uh, it'll save you a lot more, you know. So here I am against the window, holding my kid, hoping that he doesn't like, you know. Uh, the, the guy sitting next to me in the middle seat happens to have a really nice suit. Uh, yeah. He was a really chill dude, but like I like I do not want my kid trying to get his suit messy, kicking his suit or anything like that. I mean, luckily he was a grandpa and stuff like that, so he was really like I said he was really chill. That was awesome, dude. I was lucky, but he was. Um, but still, like I I did not. So here I am leaning against the window, holding my kid, yeah. and then you know. Uh, well, my it would be nicer if my father in law was right there and just being like, "Hey, he can play between the two of us. We're good." Um, yeah, yeah. So that was it's a it's a it's a me specific you know problem. Uh, but other than that, I, I can see people why people fly with them. I've only heard good things about Southwest as well, but also their airport was a little farther away because I had to go to Midway and not O'Hare, and that was a little bit more of a pain for us. But it was also. If I went to O'Hare, it would cost us an extra like two hundred to take a person. So like, okay, we'll go to Midway. <laughs> so, yeah, um, no. Outside of that, uh, that's really it. So let us know what what have you found for the news, man? Oh yeah, so uh, quite a bit of stuff. Uh, not really a slow news week, um, or slow past couple days anyway. So a lot of harassment going on. So the first thing up is uh, uh, Ori Studio. So Ori and the Blind Forest Studio accused of being oppressive, sexist workplace. Uh, developers say Moon Studios' no bullshit policy gave founders license to bully and demean. Um, so yeah, that's something that's coming out. I, I don't know all the specifics here, but, uh, but uh, there's kind of another studio that's being uh, accused of this kind of thing. It was something like they had like, um, 
they like to to something along the effects of having an open policy or like being able to kind of be free to speak your mind and that's what that was like the the door opening to being able to be a jerk essentially yeah um, it it says here the founder said that uh the founder said they ran an open workplace where people could speak their minds freely writes venturebeat they could say anything and not have to worry about getting fired it was a quote no bullshit studio but that left the door open for the founders to insult each other and anyone else they felt like demeaning in public or private according to almost all of the developers we interviewed that's the argument of freedom of speech like and it's twisted and not understanding what freedom of speech means it's like you're allowed to speak what you want freedom of speech means you can say you don't like the government and not get arrested for saying that uh, it doesn't mean everyone has to listen or respect what you think uh but to have that kind of uh i don't know simplistic mentality of yeah you can you know freely badger each other because you know that's we have this open policy that's not the most forward thinking so um i forget the comedian's name i can't think of anybody right now uh he got um uh, louis ck uh got uh in trouble uh for uh sexual harassment type stuff one of the things that i i heard him talk about that he would do is he would, and this is kind of graphic, but he would expose himself to people, um, like in his hotel room, uh, like somebody that like worked for him and he wouldn't like do anything like beyond that, but he kind of, ex I think he explained, I, th I feel like it was him kind of explaining after he kind of got in trouble for this, that he didn't understand that by doing that, he was uh, harassing them. Um, he didn't understand that by doing that, he was putting them in a really horrible spot because uh, he was their employer. So even though he wasn't like making them touch him or anything, they like they, and he thought that they could say no or whatever. They really couldn't say no. And that's, that seems like what's probably going on here is, hey, we have a free, you know, we have a no bullshit open free speech policy. Say whatever you want. See us up at the top. We're insulting and harassing each other. It's like, it's like, yeah, you can do that because you signed the checks. But like that in practice, it doesn't really work that way. Like if I'm, if I'm a, a, a developer if I'm a programmer or a writer and you're my boss, like I can't actually insult you. You can't insult me because you said you can, and I can't say anything about that. But, and, but like, I can't actually insult you because, because I will get fired. And so yeah. it creates an imbalanced relationship that people like that don't like that. They don't understand that they are creating that imbalance that imbalanced relationship. They think that they're, they're just being, being cool, but it just, it ends up going one way. Yeah. It boils down to that frat boy mentality or the, what people conceive as the, you know, the old school mentality. And uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's one of those things that 
the moment someone under them um, makes a joke that hits a little too close for home for their taste, they're fired. <laughs> you know, uh, it's fun. It's oh, it's all fun and games until my feelings get hurt, and now I'm the one, and I have the ability to fire you, so you're gone. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's it, it, it. People at the top don't always understand that because they think that they are that they are you know, cool or, or whatever. Um, but it, it does create a, a situation that is extremely uncomfortable. Um, and then I'm seeing some, some weird stuff in this article, but like, I don't have time to go through all, like all of it, but, uh, it, it does, it definitely sucks. Um, like for me, I kind of, I mean, I, I will at work a little bit because everybody else does, but, mm. um, I try to like not even curse like at, at work, like everybody at my job says, you know, all, all kinds of stuff. And I, and I, I'll let, you know, a curse word slip here or there if it's really appropriate. But in general, especially for the first like six months, like I didn't curse at all because there's, I don't know, there's a level of, uh, of professionalism that I think is it's best to just err on the side of being professional you know, that's like, can't we all just like agree? Like, Hey, it's work. Maybe don't do that or do this, you know, just simple things like that. Well, HR is for, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, that's what, that's, you know, what's what, what, what HR is for too. And you just like when, when things, when things uh, are not clear cut, when you have that no bullshit rule, or, hey, you know, you can say whatever you want. There's a hierarchy. There's a hierarchy there, and there's a hierarchy there for a reason um, because it keeps it keeps things in line. It keeps things orderly, and really, it just helps the work get done. Like, when you, when you know who your boss is and you know who your subordinates are, it just helps everything run a lot smoother. But, yeah. Anyway, so... That, that's it for 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 that one. And the, the next the next uh, uh, harassment thing going going on. So apparently there was a lawsuit filed against Sony in uh, November 2021, um, and apparently um, so so this lawsuit was uh, a lawsuit was filed against Sony Interactive Entertainment, alleging gender discrimination and wrongful termination. Um, eight women have added their voice to this lawsuit. That's kind of the news is that eight more women have, have come forward. Um, that's kind yeah, of the they're filing for a class action lawsuit. If I, if I remember correctly, and, uh, the person who's, you know, spearheading this for the most part, um, was the one who was terminated, but like it was, they were terminated after trying to bring this to this kind of stuff to the attention of their higher ups. And that's why they were terminated because they're like, Hey, there's this inequality here. And they're like, you know, more or less they wrote, wrote that person off. Um, so it's, uh, hope, you know, by this being a class action lawsuit, you know, this opens the door for more people, uh, to come in and speak up and hopefully it'll gain some, some more momentum, uh, because it's always, it's always difficult being a solitary person standing up to a corporate machine. Oh yeah. So. Like, like to me, I mean, with all these lawsuits and stuff, especially, you know, especially after Activision Blizzard, just a shit storm there, you know, but even a long time before that, if I was, a, if I ran a company, if I was like a CEO for a company, 
I would get like my head HR person. I'd say, okay, put together a package and we're going to have a retreat or a, a whatever deal. And all the managers are going to go to it. Just the managers for, for starters. And we're going to have a big come to Jesus meeting on like, you cannot like, like this is like the way the world is. So obviously we're, we're trying to have a fairly run company, but you know, you can't see everything all the time, but I'd be like, look, this is your only warning. I know you guys are all doing good, whatever. This is your only warning. If anything like, you know, the Sony thing or the Ori and the blind forest uh, or the, the, the moon moon studios or the Activision Blizzard thing, anything like that comes up at all, then you're, you're fired. Like we're not going to put up with it. Like this is your only warning. It cannot happen. And I just don't understand why it continues to happen. It's crazy. Yeah. A lot of that stuff is it's legacy almost right. It's uh, it was the, this has already been laid in stone and it's not until things start, you know, it's like, you have to get called out for it before we can change it. Cause it's like, Oh yeah, this has been so ingrained in, into that company or into the culture. Uh, and luckily more and more people are speaking out about this, which is raising awareness and that awareness will help push things forward. Uh, but unfortunately there are a lot of, um, it's, it's like any movement, right? You have to get rid of the old blood before, you know, uh, and the, the old way of thinking, uh, because a lot of things is like, Oh, it's okay. Right. Um, had a dude, had a dude at my old work where it was like, he came in and the way he talked was very old male mentality of like, like, hello ladies, how's it going? Like, how are my women today? Kind of thing. It's like, holy crap. I can't believe he's saying that. And it's just like, but he's one of our clients and Uh. he's, he means well. And the women who he's talking to know that he's not being offensive because he, he's generally, he's not crossing that line, but he's just like out of context, not knowing anything about it. My first time listening to him, like, holy shit, dude. <laughs> like, is that for real? And they're like, and they're like, oh yeah, that dude's a riot. Like he's in, in a, in a kind of cringy way, but it's just like, but he's, he's been in, you know, he's been in with, in business for like 50 years and all this other stuff. And that's just kind of, that they just kind of write him off as that's how he is. Now, if he, now, if he did something like, um, you know, the old, um, you know, like you've seen the old movies or the old cartoons or something that where like you, you slap the secretary in the ass, then that would cross the line. And that's when all the red flags, but because it's, friendly and uh, verbal communication, a lot of the people just accept it. And I'm like, dude, that's really, um, that's really hard to just be around. But like the women themselves who he's referring to in my office were like, they were okay with it. Cause they, they generally think he's a nice guy and he's fine. But I'm like, okay. But I'm like, I guarantee you, if I tried something like that, I would be like, I would be out the door in a heartbeat. So, uh, yeah, he just got a pass for being uh, legacied in, I guess. <laughs> I was just, yeah, it was just one of those things that I never thought I'd see uh, nowadays in age, and it really was. Um, yeah, I mean, this, the old guard is kind of like that, um, and it's 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 a thing that uh, hopefully will 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 change. Um, yeah, that's, that's, hopefully that's, we'll see. Hopefully this Sony thing will get more momentum and off, obviously more things like this happen, especially with big companies. Um, 
hopefully they'll be willing to make the proper changes because they don't want to be the next uh, Blizzard or Activision Blizzard scenario. And they'll be like, okay, let's get our, like, okay, now this is out. Let's go ahead and, and do right by this and not drag this out, make this a bigger ordeal because they'll, they'll know people who pissed. Um, so hopefully they'll get their act together. And this will, if a big company, if the big ones get this way, hopefully a lot of smaller ones will, you know, get their act together. Yeah, I think we're probably going to continue to see it quite a bit more, but um, unfortunately, hopefully, hope it can get sorted out. Uh, talking about Sony, um, they uh, though separately, this is a uh, seems to be all above board. Uh, Sony is buying uh, Jade Raymond's Haven Studios as a part of its live service push. So that was coming from uh, The Verge. I don't know if they're originally reporting it, but um, I guess they probably could give it to everybody at the same time for, for something like this. Uh, but yeah, so I don't know too much about Haven Studios, but apparently the Sony is acquiring them. Yeah, the the other thing is they also quickly sent out another um, statement saying, hey, don't worry, we're still focusing on our single-player experiences despite trying to push for the online services. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean... Yeah, I mean they should have they should have a multi you know you don't want to stick with with uh, just one thing they should have a multi uh, front you know a, a attack um, but yeah I'm kind of interested to see what else that they come up with with uh, with with Haven stuff I don't know like I'm I'm not that much into live service games uh, honestly but I guess we'll see what they end up end up with um, there's another story I found kind of interesting. Uh, so I think this is coming from gamedeveloper.com. Um, uh, so the new Witcher game director, uh, he said, crunch never on my watch. So he's, he's promising essentially that he will never uh, engage in uh, what is commonly known as crunch uh, in order to finish a game. Um, and I was kind of wondering, Joe, what you thought about this. Um, so ideally on the surface level, you know, you don't want crunch. Crunch is an inevitability in a lot of ways, which really sucks. Yeah. Uh, it's one of those things that, all right, he can keep his word by saying he will never tell his employees specifically they have to crunch. Well, nobody ever uh, does. Uh, but it, then it becomes the thing of, uh, I know a lot of developers uh, will put in the crunch time, but it's because it's like, it's my studio or it's my company. It's my baby project. I want to do, I want to participate because this is, they're passionate about it. So they will do their best to do that. And it's, there's good and bad to that. Like, obviously you want your thing to come out on time. Obviously you want it to come, you know, like you don't want it, people to be angry, but I think more and more people are realizing it's okay to delay your game. It's okay because chances are you're making a better product. Uh, if you're, if you're going to be making something while suffering, uh, there's going to be a lot more mistakes, a lot more things missed. Uh, you know, go ahead and take your time. I mean, if anything, this last couple of years with COVID, uh, you know, and people having to work from home and realize that, um, yeah, shit don't come out on time anymore. That's just how it is. That's, you know, so 
Uh, hopefully, the idea of crunch won't be there. Uh, I honestly think the, the, a lot of companies will still have it. Uh, it's just a matter of do they offset it, right? Do they do mandi- you know, mandatory um, days off? You know, do you, because a lot of times the old school crunch, that's all you, you know, you literally were there all the time. Um, having worked for, just having worked retail uh, as an assistant manager, trying to, you know, desperately to try to prove myself and get myself promoted and not have enough hours in the payroll to make, make happen what happened. I worked a lot of off the clock time after hours to get things squared away. So the store looks good and that stuff like that. Like, you know, because you're young, you're dumb and you think, you know, you think you're doing what's best for the company and what's best for like, and you kind of are, but at what sacrifice? I mean, it's just like, uh, but now look like, I think people are realizing, uh, there's, there's a shortage of, um, of people in game development. So, the hardest part is getting them to stay with you. Cause if you're going to make all your employees crunch, uh, they can just jump ship, get paid equal or if not better somewhere else. And, you know, with better benefits, like if you have to, uh, you can lot now you can work from home for most places before you had to relocate somewhere. And of course, if I'm going to relocate across the world for a company, I want to prove myself to that company because I don't want them to let me go because I just moved here. <laughs> you know, uh, I need to prove myself as an asset. Uh, but game developers are going to have to realize they have to work for, instead of the employees working for the company, the company has to work for the employees. And I think that's slowly starting to, to turn. Yeah, I, I, I think it is too. I, I don't know if, yeah, I mean, like crunch is kind of a weird thing. Um, it's one of those things that I do think it might be a little bit in- inevitable, at least with, with the way things are right now. Um, I think that crunch might be avoidable if games were more expensive. Um, and, because that would mean they could, they could pay, uh, people, uh, more, um, or they could pay more people more uh and spend um less time on it um i don't know what i'm trying to say like like they could they could they, they could afford to um use they more could afford hours. to take their time yeah they could afford to take their time is what i'm trying to say i guess uh but uh, and but like as it is they don't they're it seems like they're kind of like in a, in a rock and a hard place with a lot of these games and then, like the like the, a lot of the best games that you hear about, or that you play, you hear about their insane, you know, work hours. A lot of the Sony games, um, like all of the all the top tier Sony games, uh, are kind of riddled with crunch. I don't know too much about God of War. I haven't I haven't heard too much about that, but I imagine there's probably you know plenty going on there. It seems to be it seems to be kind of an end, endemic. Um, problem with game development because you're kind of every time you make a game you're sort of inventing something new that's sort of the name of the game as it were you're not really just building another building you're you're trying to innovate because uh, that's what's going to sell your game you're making you know as much as you are building something that has been constructed before there's also always like a 10 to 20% minimum element of art to it where you're like, nobody's ever made this mechanic before. 
and we have to figure out how to make it work. And it's just like, we have to figure it out. We have no idea how long it's going to take. So, and then, but like shareholders, you know, and, and board members want, you know, a date put and they get pissed whenever you miss that date. Yeah. Well, when it comes to the fact that, uh, traditional crunch, uh, it wouldn't be just like, oh, hey, the games we have to, the last month, we're going to have to put in like, you know, 60, 80 hour work weeks. You know, it's uh, it's not just for that that last stretch. It's like, you know, throughout the development, you having to put in for many key points, just constant uh, overtime, you know, because there's always any job. There's only that final bit to the last when the project is complete, you you put in the overtime. Uh, but that's, there's a difference between overtime and crunch. And that's um, when it comes to uh, developers like Sony, especially when it's the Japanese studios themselves, you have to realize their culture uh, was always based on the company. Uh, and I remember the old Grand, uh, Gran Turismo, when you did the tour of the studios, you could actually see that the desk that they worked at had curtains. Some people had curtains on their desk because what they do is they crawl into a sleeping bag underneath their desk. And that's how, because they, by the time they were done with their work day, the last train was already gone. So they would just sleep under their desk, uh, get up the next day and go back to work. Dude, uh, that's so uh, hardcore. Yeah. Well, granted, like I said, I'm assuming I'm, or at least I'm hoping some of that has gotten better, but th- I remember them showing those videos for like the making of Gran, uh, Gran Turismo two and three, uh, cause they did like a tour of the studios. Uh, and you know, this is, uh, I think people being aware of crunch now, you know, and more people speaking out about it, you know, it's just, uh, gamers are more understanding now than ever. Um, we, you know, it's, you know, for example, Nintendo has a history of bumping back their games and, you know, it's like beforehand, uh, all the fans would be really up in arms. Like, Oh my God, I can't believe, uh, Mario or Zelda got bumped, put, put, put back. And now it's just like, you know, it's happened enough times where, like, of course, Zelda got pushed back. Zelda always gets pushed back, but it's always worth it in the end. Yeah. Um, and with a lot of other studios coming out, like, you know, it's fine if the if the people are not going to suffer as much. Uh, we're willing to have that uh, have them wait, come out with a better quality game, and I you know, it's, you know that the people aren't suffering in order to make your product. Uh, yeah. But if you rush out a game too quickly, it's going to be a buggy, sloppy mess. And, you know, that's just, you know, we, I think we're getting better. Granted, it's not a hundred percent things, you know, things are still going to come out like that, but. I think you're right. I, I think you're right. But like the other thing too, is like, you know, we shouldn't be hearing about games three years before they come out. Like that would, that would take, that would take a lot of the load off of, off of studios if it was like internal hey you know project aardvark or whatever or project neanderthal and it's like the new near or you know something like that where it's like hey we're working on this game it's going to be good but like you don't announce it until it's you know six months to a year out i have to disagree with you on that um the reason why is because you have to announce the game because you have to ramp up the buildup. You have to get the people hiring for it. Uh, you don't, uh, you know, it's just like you state um, when you're trying to make a call out to get people to hire onto your project. 
uh, you want people with experience. Yes, you can do a blanket statement of, um, you know, we're Blizzard and we're hiring for a, uh, a an online, you know, team to handle with uh, who knows who have experience with role playing. Like, oh, that's probably for WoW expansion. But you know, it's like when it comes to you generally want to at least announce your game to get the people interested and to also to get the talent to come to you. Um, because I mean, what's the other option? I'm going to hunt, you know, you can scout some people, uh, but you're I still, don't, you know, I don't think that you have to make that universally public. I think there's, I think there's ways that you can, I mean, you're not putting it in the, in the Sunday paper, you know, you're, you kind of know who your talent pool is, you know, who you're looking for. Um, and you can contact those people more or less individually or through a, a service and go, go like, Hey, you know, it's a big game. It's for a big company. This is the company. This is the style game that it is. If you're interested in hearing more, we just need to sign you. We just need you to sign a quick NDA and we can tell you what the game is. And then you can decide if, if you're into it or not. I think there's probably a workaround. And I, th- I think that, that that would go a long way with, you know, developers talking to shareholders, board members, suits essentially, and saying, Hey, this is a game we're going to make. It's going to take between three and five years to make it, you know, and they could go, okay, you know, this game is worth it or no, it's not. Or, you know, we can, we can work that stuff out. And then, yeah, it's going to take, it needs to take between three and four years. Okay. We'll go with that. Um, but we're not going to announce it to everybody until we're, until we're relatively sure that we can hit that date or within, you know, three months of that date. Uh, because like, because if, if, if you don't like put that pressure on them, then they have more leeway and they don't have to like, like hit it in that, you know, second year to and crunch for a year or two. It's like, it's just like that kind of stuff that is, that's the kind of crunch that we need to get rid of. I, I could understand like a month or even three months of really severe, you know, 80 hour, 90 hour weeks for people. That would be, it's horrible and we should prevent that. But it's more understandable than like some of the stuff I've heard that's like six months or a year of just grueling, horrible 90-hour weeks. I think there's things that we could do that would that would help it at least. Oh, I lost like the last 30 seconds of your conversation. Uh, but apparently you just rolled, so that was okay. Uh, <laughs> okay, well, that's fine. So uh, if on screen, if I'm just standing there stock perfectly still, then I also like glitch to the left a little bit. That's why you were um, you were very still. But anyway, that's all we have to say about that, I, I guess. Um, uh, uh, yeah, it's you know, it's one of those things that uh, you know, it's it's not. There's no perfect system around it yet. Uh, but I think it's one of those. Uh, for example, Square never seems to hit their marks when it comes to a IDOS game. They're like. Yeah, they, you know, or um, when it comes to like the Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy didn't do so hot, like didn't meet our expectations. Like what? Uh, I'm pretty sure they said something similar with um, Tomb Raider and they probably said the same, you know, same thing with uh, was it Deus Ex probably. But it's just like there's no matter what, there's just no pleasing them. But if Square, then it's like, oh, yeah, Kingdom Hearts, you know, you can take 
you can take the you know a decade to make the next Kingdom Hearts game. That's fine. You can just blow all of our money on this game, mainly because it's tied up into probably a logistical nightmare for with Disney. Um, uh. So who knows? Uh, but yeah, it's just you know that game seems to take forever. Uh, but no one ever seems to complain when they make uh, uh, anything about the sales numbers there because they have to pretend everything's great. Uh, but no, it's just Guardians was great. The Guardians was awesome, and it did it did well for most people. We considered um, a moderate success at the minimum, uh, but they're like, no, it didn't meet our expectations. Well, maybe you should fucking rein yourself in because you keep on having this problem. Yeah, they. I mean, they have ideas about how about how. Uh, much money they want to make, even if it does sell well, sometimes they're like, well, you know, it's not worth it because we could have done, we should have done something that really sold gangbusters. And so they just kind of, you know, they they have all kinds of weird, you know, metrics and stuff like that. But anyway, that's, that's kind of the long and short of that. Um, The next thing uh, is uh, one of the, one of the last pieces of news really is uh, the Mass Effect game director is creating a new sci-fi universe at Humanoid Studios. So I thought that was interesting because, um, you know, Mass Effect, uh, the the Andromeda Mass Effect really, you know, shit the bed in a lot of ways. And I've heard a lot of people who love Mass Effect, Mass Effect say that it just kind of cratered the series, um, at least for the time being. But uh, maybe people... Uh, who are into that will be able to jump onto uh, this this new uh, sci-fi adventure uh, from the old Mass Effect guy. Yeah, Mass Effect was the, um, the the original trilogy was the end of an era for the old Bioware RPG style. I mean, granted, they made that game more modern as time went on, and everyone seems to like Mass Effect too because that became more combat oriented. Uh, I personally really hated it, but. Also, I also I seem to have a lot more bugs with it than most. Um, like I just the cover system was really bad for me, and uh, it was it was funny because I had people over and they're like, "I'm like, look at this. I'm trying to I'm trying to take cover. My guy's just popping out of cover and doing all this weird jank." And I didn't like the more combat heavy focus that went to, but the story wise was always just phenomenal. Um, you know, a lot of people were disappointed in three. I still, you know, you can't. I really can't see how you can end a series uh, perfect when it comes to that much, you know, that long of a hype. Uh, so I think they yeah. did, you know, they did a fair enough job. Now, as far as Andromeda, uh, I only watched people play it. I, I never, I'm never going to invest my time to that, you know, and it's like the funniest thing I heard was someone said it retroactively makes Mass Effect the series worse uh, <laughs> just for its existing uh, because, oh, you know, and I'm like, yeah, it taint, it does tarnish the name. Right. Uh, but then after that, they came out with, um, uh, they come out with some other garbage stuff. They, they came out with that um, Anthem, you know, and oh, Anthem man, yeah. was like, you know, what are you thinking? And so like Bioware, everyone's like, yeah, Bioware is the old Bioware that you remember is dead. All the, you know, all the old crew that really made it what it's worth, they all jumped ship at some point. Um, so the what you are stuck with now is the company name that's now tarnished. And well, yes, you still have you still have talented people there, but the people who are running the ship and like guiding them, there's there's a disconnect. Well, you know, we're just watching, you know, and we knew it was going to happen. Like EA just destroy another studio. That's 
that's you know we we knew that was going to happen because that's what they do they take studios that are doing great on their own they bring them in and they run them into the ground probably through you know too much oversight uh too too much you know fiddling with to you know with what they're doing what are you guys doing is it is it on time is it making money is it gonna like is it a cash cow is it a fortnight you know and it's it just sucks like like ea i know that they've had some they've had some decent stuff in 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 uh in, in recent times i mean like they won like game of the year with uh it takes two um if for for a lot of outlets but uh you know, besides that, like, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like that's kind of just lucky, but, you know, Bioware is just another uh, corpse on the EA pile. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I think Microsoft does it pretty well, and currently at least, where when yeah. they acquire a studio, yeah. they gave it they gave it its own, like, own little autonomy, and like, you guys can still run yourself, or at least that's the feel that I get from it. Maybe that's not how it really works, uh, but at least on the surface level, that's what I've felt, and like, they still... You know, these guys are running themselves uh, and they're able to still produce really quality things. Um, yeah. That's you know, opposed to just being acquired and then being micromanaged. Yeah. 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 It's, it's too bad, but, but I, I'm, I, I, the Mass Effect games were, I, I tried them and they weren't really for me. I, I've also seen a huge amount of, of them played through. Um, so they're not really for me, but I, I am, I am glad that uh, that uh, you guys and people who liked uh, Mass Effect might get uh, a new crack at something different. Yeah, I mean, if it's, um, I was always a fan of you know Knights of the Old Republic, and uh, yeah, Kotor was one of the staples of my modern RPG experience uh, on console. Uh, there was, and then when I played Mass Effect, I had to choose Vanguard. He was the guy with force powers that also had a shotgun, and so I just lifted a dude in the air and I just blew him away. Um, or there's nothing more fun than lifting him up and then having my buddy punt that guy to uh, like off the you know off the map. And it's like, yeah, all right, that's satisfying. Uh, you know, but the story was really stellar. It's one of those things that they promised the world, and of course, they could never really pay off on it. It's, um, but that's that, neither here nor there. It was still a super fun experience, and especially going through that when it happened, uh, you know, playing it going back in retrospect, maybe it doesn't hold up as well. But as it unfolded, was a really it was a spectacle to behold. Yeah, dude. I mean, I didn't play Kotor when it came out, but I can imagine that it would have blown my freaking mind if I had played it like on a computer or whatever uh, when it was brand new. It would have been freaking crazy. But anyway, that's it for the news. There's some other little things, but we'll uh, we'll leave those out because they're not that important. But uh, yeah, so that's it for the news, man. All right. Well, uh, you know, thank you guys for sticking with us uh, on this um, very unusual episode. You know, uh, so next time we'll, you know, uh, Nick will have his uh, setup. You know, well, it seems pretty good right now. So, uh, but yeah. yeah, then I'll be back to my usual stage. So, uh, thanks a lot for sticking around to the end, and uh, we'll see you next time. All right, guys. See you. Take it easy.